Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today I'm joined by Colleen McCann, who is the Business Development Director at HDS. Hello Colleen. Hi, nice looking... to be on your podcast, thanks for inviting me. No, no problem at all. We've spoken a few times about this and I think one of the things that stuck with me that you said was there's not been enough Scottish voices on the podcast. Yeah, you've got to get more of us on, you've got to get, you know, that accent out there and whether the subtitles picks me up, that's another thing. But yeah, <laughs> you've got to get us on. Well, we were addressing the balance now slightly. And I think um, our industry's always loved people with Scottish uh, accents. They have. Lots of call centres in Scotland. Yeah. Lots of customer service representatives up there. Um, so let's start at the beginning in terms of, you know, everyone likes to know from the guests about their career. So you're yeah. director now at HGS, but how, how have you got here? Yeah, so um, I actually started in marketing. Um, so if you talk to marketers, they might say I've gone to the dark side. Um, <laughs> but basically, started in marketing uh, in Aberdeen um, and Rite of Passage had to join the oil industry. So I worked in the oil industry for a few years um, in HR randomly. Um, wasn't for me and then moved to Glasgow uh, and into marketing for a tech startup and then worked for some big players like uh, Lockheed Martin, worked for them um, again doing marketing and then uh, joined the contact centre industry in 2019. So I've not been in the industry long but I've done a lot in technology. Um, didn't really know a lot about contact centre industry, customer experience, customer service. But again, I think because I'm a marketer, I love the brands. I love like, how do you do it? What happens in the background? Like what is the ins and outs of what you do and how you look after your customers? So it just kind of all snowballed from there really, went into business development, um, really enjoy it. And again, I don't think it's a million miles away from marketing because it's all about people. It's all about promoting yourself your brand is just an extension of what I was already doing so um and joined HGS uh officially a year ago um a year and two weeks I think I've been here now so uh again HGS I'd kind of heard about them uh, from the previous company I was at um but hadn't known an awful lot about them uh got an interview with Graham Brown, who's uh, my boss, so the chief revenue officer, just seemed like a nice guy, still is a nice guy. <laughs> so uh, in case he's listening, I mean, I've got to put that in. Um, and yeah, just a really lovely team, had great aspirations, things that they were looking to do, slightly different, they're positioning themselves differently. And, and we are different than other um, outsourcers in the market where we look um, more about the digital aspect as well as CX. So how do we bring what we say bots and brains together? So how does that work? And again, from my background in technology, I really liked that approach and, and that angle that they were taking. So uh, that's kind of what led me here and the rest is history. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been a journey, but a really good journey. And, you know, it is exciting it's an exciting industry because it doesn't stand still. And I think I've been in it since before COVID, now post COVID, if you can call, that's where we are at the moment. I'm not entirely sure, but 
again, it's just, there's nothing the same and it does change rapidly and really quickly, which I love. I think that keeps you on your feet. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. And I think some of the listeners um, I know are kind of either on the phones or they're team leaders and they might be looking and listening to people like yourself and thinking, oh yeah, I, I might want to get into, let's start with marketing, right? So mm-hmm. um, you moved, did you say from HR to, to marketing? Yeah, yeah. So I did my degree in marketing and then I got a placement um, at an oil, ind- uh, oil company in Aberdeen, Total. I did communications, went back to university, finished. And then when I graduated, they didn't have anything in marketing or comms. So I went into HR I was doing the benefits and uh, payroll, which again, like very interesting whenever you get to see what everyone gets paid. Um, But it was great. It was a great job, great learning, but it just wasn't my passion at all. What would you say to people then about who might be listening saying, I'd love to get into marketing to start with? What kind of steps could they take? I would say... I think marketing's quite, I always say this to people, marketing is an art, not a science. So it's not like accountancy where two plus two equals four. There's lots of different answers to marketing. So how I market or might think is the best way to market something isn't what another marketer might think. So it's it's really about your creative side, but not in like an arty way. It's more a you come up with quick ideas or like social media there's lots of influencers now again that's all an aspect of marketing and so I would say you know really look at what you're doing on social kind of build up your profile a lot of times when I was recruiting for other marketers that's what really attracted me to people it wasn't necessarily where have you what have you done where have you been at university it's how do you profile yourself what have you done for the charities that's amazing that's just you know it's blown up in the last what five or six years I would say and that can really stand you out from the crowd there's again um you know again ways to get into marketing um google do a lot of the google drive um and uh, google garage so learning digital learning Mm -hmm. you can then find out about how you do paper uh, advertisements clicks all that kind of things so there's lots of free resources. So if you do want to get into it, there's lots of things out there. And then just speak to somebody. Again, you know, I've had people approach me and ask me what's the plus and the minuses of marketing. It does look glamorous. It's not always glamorous. But again, just reach out to your network. And I think, again, what you're doing on LinkedIn, Martin, and connecting people, that's a fantastic way just even to have a conversation if it leads nowhere it leads nowhere, but it's nice to speak to people in different industries, different departments, different companies. So I, I, I'm very much a believer in the power of, of talking and connecting with people. Uh, I, I, well, I, I can, uh, and I know firsthand because we've had quite a few chats before yeah. for today. <laughs> so um, I, I absolutely think there's some great tips that you, you shared there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested when you said about um, HDS, how, how the is it like a conscious decision to be different? Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, you know, we have done quite a lot in public sector, so we've grown massively uh, during COVID, where some organisations didn't have the same 
opportunities or ability to be able to do that. And we are in a position where we've got really strong um, backing globally, uh, but then it allows us to like form our own path and go where we want to go and where we think is the right areas to go. And I definitely think on, on, on CX and what's happening, it's not what maybe was talked about four or five years ago where bots are taking over the call centers and we'll never need humans. It's not about that. It's about how do we use technology to then build and grow what we're trying to do. And for HGS, that is very much at the forefront of what we're trying to do is where does digital sit in this? Where can we use technology to get rid of things like Wismo where, you know, where is my order? Well, that's high va uh, volume, low value. It doesn't need to go through to a human. It can be answered quicker with technology, more efficient. And again, it's just, it's being smarter about how we do CX. And it's not, I, I would say as well, in joining HDS, it's, we don't have cookie cutter clients where everybody's got the same thing and everybody has to take this because that's what we sell. It's it's not about that. It is about how do we shape what's right for you, have those dialogues, the conversations, and then understand. Um, and I think that's really important is not trying to force an organization into something that just doesn't fit with them or, or sit with them or, or not what they want to do. So yes, it is a conscious decision for us and we do want to be different and we do believe that we are. Um, and you know, we're still battling through that and trying to get um, out into the market more and help people understand who we are and what we're standing for and what we're about. Isn't that the, uh, the idea of thinking how best to use technology, um, as you say, but the, the use of bots rather than when they, when it was, as you're right, four years ago, it was they're coming, they're going to replace everything and everyone. Yeah. That's not quite the same. And do you know what? That's a, I love the acronym. That's the first time I've ever heard WISMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to educate one of my colleagues as well on that. Um, but yeah, it's, but it is simple things like that where as a shopper, I'm sure you do the same. And actually, even this morning, you know, I got an alert from Amazon saying, oh, we're not able to deliver your package anymore. And it's because the package was damaged. So now as a customer, I want to get in touch with them to say, well, if I order it again, will it not be damaged? How is this going to work? And it's kind of just dealing with the simple inquiries to then if there is something, um, you know, higher value or more complex, then it frees our agents up to deal with that and it actually makes their job more exciting because yeah, you don't completely. want to have to go through your order tracking system all the time and say yeah it's with uh, DPD it's going to be there tomorrow you don't want to have to do that and that's kind of you know mundane and you know the same thing over and over again I wouldn't like to do that in my job so how do we make it more exciting for our agents and advisors supporting that and is this where the phrase that I picked up on another phrase that you said at the at the start, bots and brains? Yeah, yeah. So you have to be careful how you say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it is from that. And it's, you know, we've invested heavily into our digital and our technology teams. Um, and 
I wouldn't say that we're the only outsourcer that has done that, but we are focusing slightly differently and, and how do we bring human and technology together? And to your point, you know, I think I read uh, last week, there was an article came out and said, oh, actually bots aren't going to take over the call centers. We'll always need humans. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's what we thought four or five years ago. So it's just then using technology and being at the forefront, what's coming next? So what's the next big thing? We've got bots, we've got people able to answer your chat. So what's next? What is that? And that's where we've invested to make sure we've got teams that that tell us that and are looking out into the market and saying, okay, this is what's coming next. And this is the new technology and this is how we use it and, and make it more efficient for brands. Um, and I think that's a big thing because you don't always, you know, if you're a brand, you don't always have that investment in the different teams. And you're also just working on your one industry. So we work across industries, which then allows us to say, well, okay, in the financial industry, this is what's happening, or in the retail, this is what's happening, or public sector. So we're able to share the best of CX across industries and we're testing it industry wide. So it's not just in one trajectory, it is in lots of different areas. And that's great. And I guess, like you say, now you're kind of the dark side. I wouldn't say the dark <laughs> side. That's kind of, yeah. we're the rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from where you were previously, mm-hmm. you get to see how, how, the, how that's marketed as well, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of yeah. how do you explain sometimes the complex, like you say, there's no, you, your clients don't all have the same results mm-hmm. but you have to kind of uh explain that flexibility it, yeah. but in, a, in a clear way it's a challenge I guess isn't it yeah definitely and you know that's a great point because we've got technologists in our team and even when they speak to me about certain things I'm like right okay let's take it down a level I don't understand what you're trying to tell me because I don't really care what it sits on I just want to know what does it do um but again, like we've got a great bid team that we work with and we've got great marketers. So they are able to take potentially some of the complex speak and then turn it into really simple, easy to understand. This is what you buy. This is what happens. And this is what it does. And here's the benefit for you. But to your point as well, you know, what I would class as something someone else does. And, and we do have those instances where prospects want to spend more time and go into more detail and and really understand the fundamentals of what we're trying to do and and what that means for them and for their customers and I think um, at the moment I would say there's a bit of nervousness on where we're going as a country what's happening you know the squeeze on consumer spending what does that mean what does it look like so then it does mean actually if I'm going to spend money on this I want to understand every single detail that you've got so I would say some you know it, it it's like every day life some people understand different things and you've just got to tailor that message and and help the prospect or the client through and I would say that's what my role is it's about guiding them and being kind of their partner in this. So if they don't understand something from one of my team members, it's my responsibility to then help them understand and, and work with them to get through to a point where we're all on the same page and we're going for the same thing. So, you know, I think 
that's what I love about my role because it does make it exciting um and it's that people engagement and that's what I love um I am very much a people person so you know you asked me this morning was I nervous coming on to speak to you and yeah it was but I know I can talk so like you might end up having to tell me to stop talking (laughs) but that's our industry all over though isn't it it's about the engagement between between people who generally like other people um it it does it does make me laugh I, I think a lot of us would have had the same experience of you when you're talking to very super bright technical people mm-hmm. and you're having to say no bring it down another level yeah yeah, yeah. No, keep going <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I think but I think that's great because I do admire their passion and when you get a technical person from a client side and you know you can tell them right you guys go and and you work this out and you speak together like it is fantastic because it, I think it's great for the client side as well to kind of again as I was saying earlier it's it's broadened that expansion of oh where else has this been used what else is happening this is what I've read and found out and it's kind of that you know if you go to an event and you're networking it's the same thing it's just in a different process or example um which I'm all for I love I think I think sometimes it's harder to get to that point of networking there's a bit more of the oh you know don't contact me on LinkedIn if you don't know me. And and again, LinkedIn do make that difficult as well, I think. Um, you've got to have a, a true connection before you reach out or else you're viewed as spamming. So it, it's trying to find out how do you get more engagement and interaction. And that was one of the things I like about your podcast, because although I'm not necessarily speaking directly to people, you still are listened to and heard by a number of other people. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would recommend it because I've definitely benefited from from knowing you. So for anyone listening, yeah, bombard, Colleen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was I was taken with um, a point you made then around, you know, the state of the, the our, not just our nation but uh, mm-hmm. the Western world and the squeeze on consume all of us. You know, rising prices. Yeah. How do you think that kind of manifests itself in when potential clients are thinking about engaging with outsourcers like HDS? Yeah, I think there's, you know, it's kind of if if someone's got a crystal ball out there, fantastic. Let us know what's going to happen. Um, but it is that kind of nervous period where. You know, I think we had, I think I again read that we had the bumper Christmas in 2021 where people were spending so much more than they'd spent in 2020 or, or 2019. And then we've kind of like completely flipped that on its head and going, oh, well, actually, you might want to halt that spending because by December, you're going to be spending a thousand pounds or whatever on your energy prices. Mm-hmm. So it's, I do think in the UK, our media escalate things uh, and make it seem worse but I do also think there is we are coming into that period of what is going to happen and what does that look like um and I would say for our clients or our prospects they are you know it's it's part of their strategy it's what are we going to do and what does that look like and again when they're coming to talk to us 
we have the options that you can offshore so that does reduce your your price point and, and what you're spending but it doesn't diminish your quality you still get the same level of customer experience quality um but there are other uh, organizations that just want to keep it onshore in the uk because the philippines or jamaica that just seems like such a long way away and it doesn't seem like it's in their control of what is happening um I would say we will start to see more of that with, um, you know, the minimum wage increasing and the cost of living and all of those kind of impacts happening in the UK. But I also do think that's going to happen worldwide. To your point, I don't think it will just be the Western world. I think it will be worldwide because we've got a duty of care as well to look after our people and make sure that we are providing the right benefits and um, packages for them to, to work and support than our brand's customers. So I think it is a concern, but, and no one knows, I can't tell you that yes, it's gonna happen or no, it isn't gonna happen, but how do we plan for it? And how can we support you if that does happen? And I think it's a contingency planning, it's the what if scenarios, and, and that's very much what we try and take our clients through to support them to say, actually something could happen tomorrow, like a lockdown. No one knew that was gonna happen in March, but we managed it, we handled it and we prepared for it as much as we could. So yeah, I think we're all in it together, aren't we? You know? <laughs> yes, we, we are. What, um, just on offshoring, it, would you say that there's been, that there's a shift really to this, there's more appetite for it again? Um, I would, I probably wouldn't say it's hot on the agenda at the moment, um, but I would say I think it's going to be. I think it's definitely going to be something that people start to um, look into again and see how would it work for our brand or our customers. I think we are still trying to, or our brands are still trying to get out of COVID and then see what does that mean and what does it look like? Um, you know, we're working with a client at the moment and the data is so up and down. So they don't actually know what 2022 is going to look like because the data that they have for the last two years is just almost you can kind of get rid of it and say, like, let's ignore that. But we know it's not going to be 2019 because, again, that's a completely different time period, if you like. Yeah. It's, it's not where the customers are. So it's so difficult. And I think we have conversations and I think rather than saying, yeah, 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 let's go offshore, it's what do you want to try and achieve? What are you looking to do? Who are your customers? And what do they want from a brand like yourselves? So how do we support that? And, you know, we have got the options to go offshore. So again, it's, this is what it looks like and this is what it can do for you. And if you want to tick all these four boxes, this is where we think you should go. And if you want to, not tick one but get the other three then you can do it in the UK so again I think it's just about building that solution and supporting them on what the options are because a lot of times offshoring is not always viewed as what it is these days you know we've all been there there was a lot of the Indian call centers and a lot of people think that is what offshoring is and you know, if you speak to somebody in the Philippines or in South Africa, most of the time your customers are unaware that they're not speaking to somebody 
in the UK. So again, if your customers are getting the right experience and support, then it doesn't really matter where uh, the calls are handled or the contacts are handled from. I think, um, it's hard not to have bias, isn't it? Because my, my, I've worked as an outsourcer. I worked abroad, I've lived abroad. And for me, it's, all, it's, it's always been, it's about the outcome. If, if the outcome as a, as a customer isn't what you want, then you might start looking into uh, who the outcome has come from or where. Yeah. If the outcome's fine, I don't care whether it comes from a mile away or mm -hmm. the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I think it's quite nice to see different um, locations being used yeah. around the world rather than, uh, you mentioned India, I know South Africa, Mm -hmm. is a is a popular uh, destination but there are others as well and that's yeah. I I think refreshing to see yeah yeah definitely I think um you know so Jamaica uh I would love one of our clients to be going out there I would <laughs> love to be doing the site visit out there but you know even just speaking to the teams it's just such a different culture and way of life and it's just so it makes you feel good when you speak to them and and if that happens in an internal meeting you know, I can imagine what it's like for a customer. So I think there are different options and, and locations. And, you know, even during lockdown where we couldn't travel or we couldn't get places, they still operated. They were still there. They were still supporting. So, again, it's making sure that you're working with an organisation or an outsourcer like HGS that has that infrastructure where no matter what is happening in the UK or other countries, it still operates, it still supports your, your customers. Um, and, and just your point on South Africa, I definitely think South Africa is the go-to location at the moment, um, which I can understand the reasons why, but I don't think, back to what I said earlier, I don't think it's a one size fits all. So you can't say, oh uh, yeah, you're looking to offshore, right, South Africa is brilliant for you because there's elements that I've seen in South Africa where complex inquiries aren't handled the same way or to the same level where it potentially is in, in the likes of the Philippines or, you know, where sales can be handled really well in Jamaica. They're very much a competitive culture and they like to win, they like to do things and succeed. So again, there's locations that work and I think it's going back to your client and understanding what their challenges are to then support them and this is the best solution this isn't just me shoehorning you because this works for what we are trying to do um but yeah. if there were um potential clients listening that maybe haven't outsourced before mm -hmm. what what sort of process or what kind of considerations should they be making before they they start to search yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I think even, you know, uh, the outsourcing, so the word outsourcing and um, I think I was saying to you, I was in London this week and we were chatting to a client that we're onboarding at the moment and they said, this isn't about outsourcing. This is about us finding a partner that can provide services that we can internally. Mm -hmm. And it is that partnership approach. And I very much think it's not about you saying, you take our customer experience, you manage it, and we'll be on top of you if it goes red or, you know, mm -hmm. if you're green, great. 
Mm. It's not about that. It is very much the partnership and, and how do we work together as a team and being an extension of what they can do. Um, and I think that would be my first thing is trying to understand what is outsourcing and what do you want it to be for you? Because again, um, we were at an event uh, earlier this year and um, somebody said to me, oh, we will never outsource because you will take our jobs. <laughs> and again, it's not about that. So it, there's a very, I think there's a big misconception about what outsourcing is and potentially what it used to be versus what it is now and how it can support. And actually it doesn't even mean about taking any of the in-house roles. It could be an extension of the in-house team or one of your teams gets outsourced. But I would speak to, if you can, other um, brands in your industry or um, organizations not in your industry that have outsourced before. What's the plus points, the cons, what are the things you should watch out for? I would kind of try and do a, a bit of due diligence in that sense, because that's the best way to find out what are you going into? What does this look like? And I would also speak to outsourcers. So yes, like I'm business development director, my role is about selling, but it's it's not about, as I've said, shoehorning. So we're also here to have the conversation and help you and support you and give you the advice, show you what our contact centers look like, what actually happens. So again, if you are in a situation where you haven't done it before, you need to then explore and then find out how do you do it? It's like buying a car, you know, you want a red car that goes not to 60 in three minutes, you know, that's great. Or do you want it in three seconds? So it's then you shop around, you go to car dealerships, you have a look at different cars, you test drive. And I would definitely recommend do the same thing. It's find out, speak to people, listen to things like this, what's the benefit of doing it and what are your challenges and your pain points at the moment so I think if you identify that and you're clear then you know what you need and you know what you're good at so again we it's our job to build that solution around what you've told us um and sometimes it's not right for you so again you don't know until you speak to people and find out and I would definitely recommend just chat to somebody you know go on LinkedIn find somebody speak to different brands you know there's a lot of outsourcers out there that they've got logos on their website so again just target those brands and and ask them how is this going is it right would you do it again i think that's the best way to do it make so many good points there I th one of the ones i think quite early on you said was around it's it's powerful language is so powerful and the kind of meaning that we attach to words because mm -hmm. like you um I've even had direction in previous companies around, oh, we prefer if we don't use the word outsourcing. And, you know, that kind of, um, I was smiling, because you know, when you said there was, you, you're onboarding a, a new client at the moment and someone said it was kind of a partnership and want to utilize your mm -hmm. expertise. Was the marketeer in you thinking that, <laughs> I just need to video you saying yeah. that. That's yeah. I've done that so many times actually in meetings and I've sent it to uh, marketing and I'm like we need to get this signed off this is a great quote so and we have done that and again it's but that's where like yeah the marketer in me I get excited about things like that and it is very much it's where people are honest mm -hmm. 
then you get the real true rather than me writing a quote saying yeah, yeah this was fantastic and HGS did a great job like that's boring they want to hear what this person would tell you if you were to go and speak to them and and that's where I think the like brilliant marketing comes to light is where you take an honest representation of somebody and then you just transcribe that back to them and say okay can we use this so yeah it's 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 a shame isn't it that sometimes the connotations associated with terminology stop people mm -hmm. from finding a perfect solution for them because I know even this week just speaking to people in my network who are having real challenges and they don't have the internal expertise themselves mm -hmm. to yeah. um, to resolve them and again like you say it's take off the table some of the doom and gloom around well if I do go to someone else these people in my team are going to go well no not, not necessarily because they're not even the ones you're tasking with solving the the problem yeah. but I, I will always say and I had this conversation this week I, I said you, you can't train well, one of the ways to train up your team to be able to do this is to is to outsource and go and find mm -hmm. someone who's had who's done this and solved this problem 50 times yeah and yeah. maybe in 20 different industries so they've learned a hell of a lot go and go and use an outsourcer and mm -hmm. the response was oh and I said, you, you genuinely have nothing to lose. And that it's not, your point is, a, is really key. It, it is partners with experts. You know, yeah. you're partnering with experts. You can learn. They can absolutely improve your whatever it is you're looking to, CX, CSAT mm -hmm. results, whatever, reduce complaints. Because yeah. they've done it before. And mm -hmm. like I say, I am... Um, I know I am biased because I did that. I was in an outsourcer for a while, a long time. And something else you said earlier as well, but we were competitive. We wanted to do well because we, yeah. knew, we knew it's a competitive market, which meant we delivered more and more and more mm -hmm. for our clients. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. And again, I think like on your point of, it, it's kind of a dirty word sometimes outsourcing and, you know, even my job title business development director people would be more likely to speak to me if my job title was marketing director than it is currently and again I think business development sales director whatever you want to call it we get tarnished with like this idea of pinstripe suit and you know coming in and, and just trying yeah. to sell 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 and and it's not about that and yes I've got targets and yes I've got a role to play but I am very much about what's your problem how can we help and how do we work with you and if it's not right if we're not the right partners for you then that's life you know we don't win everything and we can't support everyone but I'd rather be able to help somebody and and point them in the right direction than than not be of, of use to them I couldn't, I couldn't agree more and it is an interesting point again around how titles can make people go, oh God. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. And do you know, I used to be, I used to be like, oh, I'm trying, somebody's trying to sell me something. And now I am very much more, I'll reply and say, thanks so much for contacting me. This doesn't work. I'm, or I'm not the right person. Speak to this person. And, and you are more likely to respond because you know what it's like. You know, it's, 
it's kind of like whenever you're reaching out for somebody for a date and you're left hanging for ages nobody likes being ghosted so just have the common courtesy of coming exactly. back exactly you know? yeah we all want constructive criticism we just want honesty don't we exactly yeah and I think that's a big thing you know saying no or saying thanks for reaching out but that's not relevant like that's okay and again you know people are super busy and I understand that as well so you know I do think there's good things on LinkedIn and there's flaws on LinkedIn but hopefully as as what it's trying to do develops then there's other things like you know I know there's uh, certain badges you can put on like I'm open to inquiries and close to inquiries but again it's just making it aware and and what do you want to try and get and a lot of people share a lot you know in their bios on LinkedIn so again it's great to find out about what else is happening in the market and what people are trying to do and where they're trying to go I I think I couldn't agree more And and I think a lot of it is if on if on LinkedIn someone connects with you and then sends a long sales message as their first message and it and it shows that they haven't read anything about you or where you work or what you do you said something then around we're also it feels like we're all busier than we've ever been yeah and time is a huge resource so it can actually irritate when you think someone's I've connected with someone and the first thing they're doing is sending me a message about something totally inappropriate to me mm-hmm. or yeah. to the company that I um that I work for you've done it's lazy on their part and that that's yeah. not but that for me isn't business development I think business development yeah. is about relationships and mm. um and again you know being open and having honest sort of conversations because there isn't yeah. anything wrong with saying it, we're not this there isn't anything where we can work together right now but let's stay yeah. you know let's stay in touch I think those kind of we we all need that that's what our community is about yeah exactly definitely and you know I've had people reach out to me saying oh we think you could use this tool in your marketing team and I'm like well I've not worked in marketing for however many years so again it's to your point of like do your research and that's what supports and I think there is a difference between business development and sales and business development is very much about developing where we're going as a business by bringing in new opportunities but it's developing those relationships as well so it is having those conversations and I would like to think that I'm not always trying to sell it's just trying to find out and that's where again the marketer in me I love understanding the background of brands especially if I buy and purchase and I am a customer I love that like how do you do it how do you track it what's great what do your customers come to say to you because I know what I say so again it's just trying to find out those like nuances and and then relating it back and you know if I have a conversation that's with a brand that I I buy from or um you know admire that's fantastic and it goes nowhere that's great for me like I, I love that and on to the next you know so it, it's a good conversation and you know one of your points and something that you try and do in the industry is we do move around so if you can build up your connections and your network then it's easier at that time that you are looking to move around or you're in the unfortunate situation where you have to look for something then it supports you in being able to do that and finding out where do I want to go what do I want to do 
we're very similar because I, I've again from working as an outsourcer and now where I am, we have loads of different brands, and you'll you'll contact the people on that team and say what are they like because yeah, yeah. you're just interested. And we had um, people want to move teams because they they loved the the retailer or the fashion brand or or whoever it was, and just yeah. that kind of interest. It is a great industry to be in. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's almost like a behind the scenes. I could imagine like, you know, in like Hollywood, it's like that style of here's a movie set, but here's behind the scenes. And it's that style of what actually happens. How does it work? Yeah, I really like that. And, you know, I think there's lots of organizations that get it right. And um, like Pets at Home, I think they're top of the list on, on CX, which they are great, but they don't always, there's always room for improvement. And there's always, how do I learn? What can I do next? that helps me get to that next point of of where I'm trying to go and and what I can do for for CX as well so that's the bit that I'm always interested in like okay pets at home why are you top like how how does this work and I got a dog through lockdown I think like everyone else in the country um and you know signed him up for his wee VIP club and and it is great it's fantastic it's really good CX and but there's so many other brands that could do the same with the whole loyalty program. And, you know, I think there's a lot of learnings, even if you're not in like the pet industry, there's still things you can take from that and learn about what can we do for CX. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I'm a consumer. So that's how I learn what is good CX, what is happening in the market. And, you know, unless you're shopping and you're engaging, you won't keep ahead and, as a business you won't then know right well we should look at this pets at home did this how how could we do that how do we bring it in you know that's what I love it's the brainstorming it's understanding where do we go next with it and I think you know again what we talked about earlier that's that's what bots and brains is you know it's it's how do we use the tech and and the cool stuff to then support our agents but also make it a great experience for the customer I love that I've got a last said, so what what's what type of dog? How old? It's a cockapoo and he's seven months old. Um oh. he doesn't like me very much at the moment because he went um into the vets yesterday to get neutered. So oh, really? he's, he's feeling a bit sorry for himself today. What's his name? Uh, Fergal. <laughs> a wee Lovely. Irish name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. My my dog's um seven months old and we took him to the vet on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um he goes to this like daycare once a week and I'm going to keep this email because the title was Hugo dash mounting. And um, they said that he's kind of on, he's on report now. That okay. means if he does it again, they won't let him in. But the, the vet said they wouldn't neuter him for until he's at least a year. Yeah. So some vets have said that and then others, I think it depends on your, your veterinary practice. Because I did do research on it because I was like, I mean, I don't want to be cruel and do it early, but it's also fine, you know. And they said that's anything after six months, I believe you can get it done. Or that's what they recommend. Um, Burgle's yeah. in a mood with you. He is. He is. He's feeling sorry for himself with a wee, like, onesie pyjama suit on so he can't uh, get near anything. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but it's, a really, it, it's a really good point about a lot of things we've spoken about then because... By you mentioning Pets at Home, the VIP club, I thought the same thing. And we've made that connection even more about, you know, something like that. 
it's though that's what business development is really isn't it mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah exactly and i think even you know it's just connecting over similar things and you know i met um another lady at one of the events recently and and we connected and it was like i could actually chat to you and and she doesn't have any opportunities but it's just nice to kind of keep in touch and again it's like a luxury brand and I'm really excited to see she's invited us to come and see their contact center and I really want to see behind the scenes like what happens you know and I think it's just even if there's not that opportunity per se it's still that connection and it's the what are you doing and how do you differentiate and 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 vice versa so she might want to ask us what are our brands doing how are we supporting what's the next big thing um yeah and I think again it's we're hosting a roundtable um at the start of May and it's it's just getting people together to talk about exactly what we talked about earlier on the um you know the cost of living and and what is coming or potentially coming so what does that mean for CX and customers and does CX need to then be at the forefront because that's how you're going to drive people to buy from you and, and create loyal customers or actually we don't have the money available to spend on CX so we're just going to have to ride the wave like it's finding out what does that look like um, and I think that's where it's great when you get all the brands together and actually they start to realize okay you're in a completely different industry from me or a different market but we've got the same problem and yeah. that's you know we're not boutique industry we don't specialize in just one stream uh, like retail or financial services we are across industries and I know that there's some organizations that want that specific um boutique focus and there's others that actually like well okay yeah that company has got the same challenges as me and and you're telling me that you were able to fix it so I think it's again to your point about uh, companies not outsourcing before, it's not necessarily just what's happening in your industry because yes, you wanna be either keeping up or ahead of the competition, but then what are other industries doing that you can learn from to then let you leapfrog? So you're miles ahead of them. And I think that's where the beauty of understanding what is happening helps. And again, globally, you know, global clients, they do things differently than what we do in the UK, but vice versa, we're ahead in the UK than some of our other global clients. So it, to me, it's just really interesting. And it's just having a growth mindset, I think, isn't it? It's around always searching, always learning. Yeah. Um, the, the round table event that you mentioned sounds great. Will you be sharing the outputs of that? Yes, yes, we will be. Um, I spoke to our marketing team yesterday, so we are going to be sharing that in whether it's a white paper or mini blog series. But yeah, we will be sharing what that is because I think it's it's relevant to so many at the moment and it's not necessarily the right answers, but it's an insight into what other brands and organizations are doing. So yeah, definitely, I think, um, look out for that. Keep coming on our website. <laughs> well, maybe we could do another one of these. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would be good as well. Yeah, we you could do, even oh, get my boss Graham on. He would. He loves to chat as well. So yeah, yeah let's do it. And we, but we, I want to. I feel like I want to check back in with Fergal as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll send you, I'll update it on LinkedIn. I'll send you a pic. I mean, <laughs> okay, he'll well. be fine. He, so, so, I mean, it's this thing, oh, don't let them jump. Well, I mean, how do you stop a seven-month-old puppy jumping? But yes. he's been fine so far. Um, but, yeah, today, I think it'll get harder. <laughs> I think as he gets better, it'll get harder to keep him calm. <laughs> Well, it's funny, I, I always kind of wear black hoodies, I guess, but I had to change my other one because I just finished the walk before this and it had big paw marks on it where Hugo had been jumping up. So <laughs> I feel your pain. Oh, oh, no, but it's great. I think, you know, on the whole dog ownership and it just gives you that time where you've got to get out. And I think like creative minds and you have a lot going on in your day-to-day -day life. So getting that fresh air and and just forcing yourself to go out even if it's like a 20 minute yeah. walk it's mm. it's that time away from your desk where you go okay I know what I want to do and I know what I'm trying to achieve and it just gives you that um you know away from everything no other environments except for calling your dog back whenever he's running away <laughs> you know it just allows you that bit of peace of mind to really focus on what you're trying to do and and any bad day I think you know you can take that away instantly with a walk so it, yeah I love that because that. it's I, I said to someone else the other day um mindfulness is whatever you whatever uh, you want it to be if it means that you're just focused on one on one thing yeah so because yeah. we're we're our minds are all so busy like you say for me when I'm walking with Hugo I'm just focused on him yeah yeah, but, and that, and that I'm outdoors. I'm focused on him, and it, it it does, yeah, it does certainly get you up in the morning when yeah. you might not want to, but yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more. It is a nice um mm. thirty minute, forty minute kind of um yeah. just escape. Yeah, and I think as well, like we're working from home, and you know, because I am a people person, I think I need that engagement and the energy from other people to then help me. And we have got a great team, and you know, we've got great communication methods. So we do keep in touch, um, which then makes it feel like, well, actually, you know, if I was in the office, I'd be going to get a cup of tea and I'd be going past somebody's desk. So it's no different really to that. It's just adapting what you're trying to do. And uh, one of my other colleagues, uh, she talks about commuting to work. So she'll go out for a walk in the morning and a walk at night to make it like she's commuting. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's just brilliant. her kind of headspace time. So it's just working out what works for you and and making it work and making your environment a positive environment to be working in and and supporting and coming up with those creative ideas as well well Colleen McCann from HDS it's been great to to talk to you I know you're actually yeah, you have you. to go and talk to a, a client now don't I you do, so. yeah I do yeah job never stops Martin never stops but you love it you can tell from the I smile do. on your face yeah I definitely <laughs> do no I love it and it was really great to chat to you it was good thank you so much for inviting me on no thanks for coming it's been brilliant so Colleen thanks a lot okay thanks bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Thank you so much for listening and do get in touch with Colleen McCann on LinkedIn if you'd like to know more about what HGS are doing or if you'd just like to have a really nice connection in your network. Please do head over to getoutofrap.com where you can access all of the other episodes and if you feel inclined to, please do leave a uh, rating and review on your 
podcast platform. And please do get in touch as well. If there's anything you'd want to know, feedback, be interested in coming on, uh, I'm always open to chat. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.